Hey all, welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler, the podcast where we interview some of America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We share their stories, their proven lessons in leadership, overcoming, and their journey to find mission and purpose. Today's guest, uh, it, it's a true pleasure to have today's guest. Today's guest is Dan Savage, head of military and veteran programs at LinkedIn. Here's what I love about Dan's background. He's a West Point graduate. He got a master's from Harvard. He's done some time at Star, uh, Stanford. He's helped launch the Onward to Opportunity program uh, through the Institute for Veterans and Military Families. Uh, it, he volunteers his time. He's served our country honorably. Uh, Dan, I just got to say welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah, impressive background, Dan. You know, here's what I found even more impressive, uh, though, is really your humbleness to admit that transition wasn't easy. You have on your LinkedIn page, uh, career transitions are never easy. As a military veteran, I found that transition from military to civilian life to be daunting, the ambiguity around choosing a civilian career path to be disorienting. Uh, I've been incredibly fortunate along my journey. A handful of key leaders have invested in me, and I've had the wonderful opportunity to work on a numerous, uh, numerous projects geared toward helping others navigate their own transition. I mean, that's pretty humbling. That's very... It's authentic. So describe your transition. I mean, you've got it all together. It seems like you had it all together. West Point grad, squared away. Walk the audience through your military service and how transition for you was a bit daunting. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, what's a lot more coherent on paper? It wasn't real life. Sure. Uh, I think it's pretty much the case for everybody. Um, you know, I was an infantry officer. I served for five years. You must have a West Point grad. So I basically just go... You know, my, my mandatory path. Uh, and the choice to stay or leave, you know, I was, I was looking at, do I go back to the captain's school course and try, you know, come on a company or uh, do I want to sort of try to handle it being a civilian and see what, where life takes me. Um, and, you know, when I got out, I, I, I often tell people that I went to graduate school more to get away from the Army than to go towards anything specific. Uh, it was very much, I have this sense that I wanted to, to try to see what I could do out of civilian life, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do, and I was really hoping that uh, uh, my, my two years in graduate school would help me sort of find my next step. And I think that's actually something that a lot of student veterans do, and something I really encourage people to do. They're not really quite sure what to do next, uh, especially those, you know, the, the, the folks who don't yet have a, a bachelor's degree. So make sure you go back to school and use that GI Bill. Uh, but yeah, when I got to, to school, um, I didn't really know what to do next. And, and the uniqueness of, of my program, I have a master's degree in public policy. Uh, you know, when you go to business school, it's like pretty much people are going into, you know, after they graduate, they're going to go into a number of sort of set fields. You know, they're going to be consultants or general managers or they're going to be in finance or, or marketing. Um, whereas, you know, my program was very much people from all over. I lots of life. Half of my classmates were from other countries. Uh, and it was folks from Teach for America and the Peace Corps and the military and the military. And, um, and it, it felt like everyone would like have their area of expertise. It felt like everyone else knew what they had come to school for. Uh, and I really struggled with this notion that like, I thought I was like broken because I just didn't know what to do next. And, and what I, you know, you hear people talk about AIDS in Africa, you know, inner city education and healthcare and rural work, you know, like, all these people are these really, you know, these, these ideas or these, these policy areas that they were so passionate about. But I was still kind of looking for mine, and I sort of felt like I was, 
I got sort of heartbroken because I didn't know what I was supposed to do next. And it, it turns out that, you know, no one really knew uh, yeah. what they wanted to do next. And everyone was exploring. But um, I really struggled with that. I, I did not know what to do next. And I, I basically used my summer internship in Chicago in the mayor's office. Um, you know, a lot of it was structured work that was given to me. But there was a sort of an area, a component of the internship that basically led us do some exploring on our own and recommend policies on our own and things like that. And someone really pointed to, to the status of veteran services in Chicago and said, hey, Dan, you should look into that. And when I did, um, you know, I found out that just like many major cities in the United States, there's a ton of resources out there, but they're pretty disparate and fragmented. And you know, it's really hard for veterans to actually understand how to navigate them and, and, you know, even understand what to ask for because often we don't even know we didn't even know the breadth of resources that were out there or even to think to ask for help. So it just kind of started me, you know, it was almost like I, I you know, was in search of a problem to solve, and uh, I didn't really need to look much further than my own backyard because my own community was kind of struggling. Um, and that was, you know, kind of what led me into this work was I, I like to say, you know, somebody, I think it was part of the that, that, you know, one of the, the famous quote from General Patton is, in the absence of orders attack. Mm, um, yep. I really took that to heart with my own mind. It's kind of like, in the absence of any other mission, my, people like me are struggling, and I might as well dive into that, you know? Uh, and I think that kind of is what started me on this course, and um, you know, it's just been one, one really wonderful opportunity after another. You know, you and I both used to work at, at the Institute for Veterans and Military Families, um, Mike Haney, the executive director, is one of those key leaders who invested in me. Uh, I asked him for career advice, and, and he said, Dan, I need a chief of staff. Do you want to move to Syracuse? Uh, and that is, is really kind of what professor what triggered all of this. Wow. That's, you know, what, what's interesting, what I love, there's a couple of things I love what you said, too, is in your own backyard there was need, and you went and, and worked to solve that first. So acres of diamonds surrounding you as opposed to going into a foreign country and trying to solve an issue there. Not to say that that isn't worthy or shouldn't be done, but identifying challenges even in your own backyard and seeing how you can be part of that solution I think is very powerful. Well, I think I was frankly stunned. Like, you know, I, I, I did all the right things. Like I went to school. Uh, I went to graduate school right after I got out. I was told to save money. I saved a whole bunch of money before I got out so that I was financially secure. And I'm really fortunate that I come, my parents are still married, but I come from a loving family. I had a support network and everything else. Uh, I, I checked all the right boxes when I was leaving, and I felt awful. And I was just thinking to myself, I, mean, I was an infantry officer, and I was like, man, so how many of my soldiers, you know, didn't have the opportunity to save money and didn't have the opportunity necessarily to go to school after, after they got out? Or, you know, might not have had a loving, caring, supportive family structure to, to lean on. Uh, and I just thought to myself, like, man, I'm, you know, you run off my bar, I actually thought to myself, like, I'm at Harvard, and I feel like this. My soldiers must be screwed. Right. And it, it, right. it really was just this, like, you know, this moment of kind of reckoning for me where it's like, you know, yeah, all this other stuff, I could, you know, I'd be happy to go to Harvard schools in some other country or, or, you know, do whatever, but, like, it seemed like there was a real pressing need right in front of me, and so that's kind of how I, how I shifted my focus to this. I... What I find in so you and you packaged it very well, Dan, where you said, you know, you, by paper, you had it all together. Do you think part of that is, you know, when we're in the service and we go through, we have a clear mission, we have a clear purpose. We, we essentially know what we're doing day in, day out for the most part. 
uh, and then we get out and it's like this free world where we can do anything. Where did you find the disconnect for you? I mean, you, you found your way back, but were there specific steps you took to find mission and purpose after transition? Or was it really just, I'm in graduate school. I got to figure this out. It's buying me time. Yeah. I think, I mean, so that to me was, the, it, for everybody, what I see is, is the biggest, most disorienting part of this whole transition. Obviously, some folks that have had experiences in combat that they did, you know, certain things that, that hang with them is, is one thing. But really, I think the one thing that's universal to all of us is this sort of, like, challenge of transitioning your identity and figuring out who you're going to be on the outside, but then wrestling with, well, what are the options, right? How do I even know? What's out there? In fact, we regard as a discovery problem. Right? There's resources. How do you actually figure out what the resources are? How do you get the right message in front of the right people? And so, um, you know, for me, it, it really was just sort of finding a, like the first job. And the first job was the thing that helped me pay the bills while I looked up and learned about everything else that's out there. You know, the big challenge for us is we think, you know, there's so many vets, so many especially like junior military officers or, or you know, non-commissioned officers that are getting out that have some leadership experience in the military think, well, I want to be a project manager. That's the most transferable skill set. But that's such a concept. That's basically like saying, I want to be a civilian worker. Right? Right. <laughs> like, yep. You, yep. you have to figure out, okay, well, what industry do I want to be in? Okay, well, within that industry, what company interests me the most? What team within that company interests me the most? What kind of work do I want to be focused on? And that's, it's a really hard thing to sort of, you know, it's a cliche, but like, where is ocean, right? Like, how do you narrow down this massive set of opportunities to just a few things that you really want to focus on? And that's, when I teach people about how to use LinkedIn, uh, that's the focus for me is how do you use LinkedIn as that brainstorming tool? How do you use LinkedIn to learn about the opportunities set and narrow it down to, okay, these are the five people I need to reach out to you to learn more, Right. Because, you know, in the military, we're so good at looking after one another. We're so good at, at, you know, supporting each other. We don't think often when we get out, hey, I should do the same. You know, I should seek the same level of support from other veterans when I get out. So, you know, I'm always telling people the only way to be successful at this is to ask other people to help sort of orient you to your new environment and help you assess what is the best fit, and, and just really ask them about what they do, what they like about it, and what they don't like about it, right? Um, and that's really, frankly, why I'm so passionate about the work I do today at LinkedIn is because well, LinkedIn is the perfect tool to help you understand the opportunity set and find the right five people to reach out to post and schedule information interviews to sort of start that journey. But it's a long process, and it has to start, you know, often years in advance. You have to start doing that you know, that, uh, that thought process of, well, what do I want to be far before you even get to the gate, right? And that's where I feel was, I waited until even my first semester, even my first summer at graduate school to really take seriously the notion that I was going to need a job after that, right? Like, school to me was almost like hitting class on her life. But like, well, real life is coming out of the freight train, buddy. Like, you got you to gotta figure this out. And I think that that's, like, the biggest lesson I can convey back to others is, you know, start the brainstorming early, but then use tools like LinkedIn to find people to reach out to and ask for help. Well, and you, you, you hit it. I, I love, I'm, and I'm going to boil down what you essentially said. There was a couple key uh, powerful points in this is, you know, when you got that job, you got a job to pay the bills while you sought another job. And I think that's that's an important point to make, too, is oftentimes we see with our transitioning brothers and sisters is they want to get the perfect job. 
So we understand that, w- listen, the perfect job might be there, but you got to pay the bills. So how are you going to do that? Step one, right? Yeah, and, and I don't necessarily you know, advocate for everybody, you know, or for everybody just to pay the bills and right. figure out how to pay life up. Um, you know, to me, it wasn't so much take one job so I can look for another. It was take this job as a learning opportunity. And I think that that's always been, Great. you know, yep. like that, that, that's always, like, if you look at my transition from, you know, I was living in Washington, D.C. and working for IBM that when I decided to take this job at LinkedIn and, and move out to California. And it felt like a big, significant, daunting leap to change coasts and industries and all sorts of other stuff. But in my mind, I thought, to my, I actually really deliberately thought to myself, this is going to be a broadening opportunity. And this is, you're going to have an opportunity to learn about all sorts of new things that you didn't know existed. And for that reason, and for no other, it was worth making that leap. And so I wouldn't say, you know, Take a job, pay the bills six months later, find another job. But take jobs that are going to teach you things. Take jobs that are going to be broadening opportunities uh, and continue to pursue those. You know, like I, I certainly don't think of myself as, as you know, as, like any, anywhere near the level of performance or, or potential of someone like Steve Jobs. But one of the things from his biography that always resonated with me was he was really successful because he did a whole bunch of different things and then was able to bring together the lessons from all those different types of careers and life experiences and everything else into one coherent sort of path forward. And so you really have to be willing to try things on for styles and see how they go and switch over and try something else and, you know, just do something for the sake of learning. And, and you know, I admit, you know, I'm, I'm single, I don't have kids, or a spouse, or a house, or whatever I've got, so it gives me a little more economic freedom to move around and try things on when folks have to you know, pay tuition, but um, as best as possible for everybody. And like, we just tend, it's because we're so focused on our service, it's because we're so loyal to our, 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 you know, our organization and to our country, that we don't spend a lot of time daydreaming about what else is out there. And so once you get out the gate, you got you have to really just take deliberate steps to, to continue to learn and grow and try out new things. Well, and that's that's good. You you talked about action plan support network, making sure that you identify what your support network is, which I think is very important. And that I think starts with based off of what you just said is really identifying what your dream is. I'm going to call it a dream, call it a goal, call it a mission, call it a purpose, even, uh, and then finding those positions or those opportunities that help you drive toward that mission and purpose. Uh, is that fair to say? I mean, it, can I sum up what you just said that way? Yeah, to an extent, yes, but I would say, I mean, if you look at sort of how I transitioned, I didn't have a dream. I had this really vague sense of I want to do good in the world, and I don't know how, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I think it's like, you know, to me the term, like the, the, the term of you know, your dream or your passion or whatever feels like it's a kind of a defined thing, like it's something I bet you should know is what you're pursuing. Uh, and really, it's more about, again, one person's perspective here, but really identifying sort of what your, what your North Star is. Like, if your North Star is, like, I, gotta, I want to pay for my kids to be able to go to the best universities in the world, right? Well, you need to, you need to orient yourself based on your salary potential. If your North Star is, my family is in Chicago, that's where my family is, right? Uh, I'm definitely going to go back to Chicago, live in Chicago, be with my family, then you've limited yourself to the economic opportunities present in Chicago, right? Yep. The other side is, I want to go be in tech. 
That's clever. I mean, what are you going to click on? And that, that gives you some insight on your own personality. I think that's solid. That uh, you, you, you mentioned this, Dan, you, uh, that you know, in your transition, you didn't start early enough. Is that a common mistake that you see with some of our, you know, brothers and sisters that are transitioning? They're just not. They're not starting soon enough in what their what yeah. their next plan is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I when I talk to about, I do a lot of you know teaching of, of classes and sometimes things like that. And um, you have to start like at least a year out. But even if you know, like my last job search, probably like the notion that I wanted to look for something new, that hint started in my mind probably a year away about my move to LinkedIn. And then about six months out was when I really started to sort of heavily approach it. And that was, you know, lots of information on interviewing and again, identifying and sort of knowing about opportunities. So um, that takes a long time. And for a military service member, I think it takes even longer because you don't know much about yep. what private industry has to happen. So honestly, I would tell people two years is when you should start reading books and listening to podcasts and you know, reading news articles about things that you, you know, industries you might find interesting and subscribing to, you know, if you like tech, start reading Riot. If you like, you know, start reading TechCrunch. Start reading, you know, 
just to understand what's going on in the industry so that when that time comes, you know, you're probably on like a three or six, I wouldn't even say six months, but you probably are applying for jobs three months prior to your transition, maybe four or five, or something, depending on the company. Right. It takes a while to actually fill that job right. But like the, the, the amount of prep, and one of the analogies I'll use is, is a sniper in one of my slides. So the amount of intelligence work that had to get done far in advance to actually put that sniper with eyes on target is like massive, right? Well, when you're about to click a flag for a job, you're that sniper that's looking at a target, right? Like yeah. you need to do the equivalent amount of work to identify, to use the, uh, what country should we be in? <laughs> what, what are we trying to achieve here with this objective? And how do you narrow that down to, you know, that one by one meter grid square that that sniper's going to be standing on and I'll tell you what they're aiming at, right? Um, it, it's a long process of, of discernment. And when you, in the other analogy, you have a gift of rumble, just like waving a machine gun everywhere. When you, when you, when you're like under the gun and you haven't started your transition until three months out or six months out or whatever, and you're applying for 200 jobs, you're no more effective than Rambo, right? Like, you're not going to hit anything. Right. Yeah. Because, like, when it comes down to filling job reps, people are just looking at a resume and going, yeah, sure, I don't know that, right? Like, companies deeply invest in their talent, and it's just a, uh, it's, it's a, but to get this job, I get a 30-minute phone interview with the recruiter, a 30-minute phone interview with the head of social impact, three and a half hours of video conference interviews, 30 minutes at a time, with all the other members of my team, and then they flew me out here, and I had to do uh, an hour-long presentation to a panel where for the weekend prior, I basically did a project uh, where they gave me an assignment, and I did the assignment and made a PowerPoint presentation to you know, essentially brief my work to this panel of folks. Uh, and not every job is going to be that way, but every job is going to have multiple rounds of interviews, and you're going to have to show them that you're the best candidate for that job. I love that. I, I think that's that, that's awesome, Dan. I mean, you're talking about you need to invest in your future, and part of that investment is really identifying your target, understanding what that target requires in order for you to land it. So I, I, I think that's good. Let, let, talk to me about LinkedIn and how LinkedIn can be truly a powerful aid in helping our helping our brothers and sisters transition. I mean, how's this going to help them in their job, in, in their job hunting efforts? Yeah. So I mean, I, I'd say this if I didn't work here. If, like, LinkedIn is the core, the core tool to your transition. Uh, you start with researching company pages and following every single company that you're interested in working for, and then you start to get a pulse on what the, uh, you know, what's going on with their company. You go find, you know, use our web search tools to find other recruiters, specifically the local recruiters that work at those companies, and follow them. You don't have to connect with people on LinkedIn. You can always click follow as well, and you're going to get the posts that they're making into your, your news feed, right? Uh, and so it starts with sort of like crafting your news feed for yourself so that it's a rich source of information for you, right? If you take a really passive approach to that, you're just going to get whoever it is that you're connected to on their posts. But if you say, these are the companies I want to hear from. These are the recruiters I want to hear from. These are the, you know, the opportunities I want to know more about. You can, you can make your news feed work for you, right? And then you move to using uh, the search tools to find other veterans who work at the companies that you want to work for. So let's say you want to look at LinkedIn, you go to our advanced search filters and you say, current company, LinkedIn, past company, U.S. Army, location in San Francisco, and with three clicks. I've shown you the, the U.S. Army veterans who work at LinkedIn on our San Francisco office. And you look at every one of those profiles and you run them by what they've done. And how they found 
you know, the world of that opportunity. And we scheduled, you know, reach out to me, send them an email, you know, schedule a, a, a quick phone conversation with them to get their advice about your own transition, you know, about how their transition works and how that could back to yours, right? Or whether you'd be a good fit for their team or not. But I always tell people, if you ask for advice, you get a job. If you ask for a job, you get advice, right? Like, uh, when nice. you out to people, you need to just be asking them for input and for feedback. And, you know, people, especially reaching out to other veterans, uh, one of the powerful things about LinkedIn is, like, because of that past company, U.S. Army, U.S. Navy, et cetera, you know, featured, it is so easy to find veterans in the exact jobs that you want, the exact companies that you want, a real intelligence gathering should start with talking about veterans and saying, do I even want this opportunity? Like, is this even a job that I would be interested in doing, right? So it's like getting the answers to the test before you get to the interview. So just reach out to other people and ask them, you know, hey, would this be would this be useful to me, right? Or would, this, would I be a good fit for this? I, I think so, that's, that, that, that's truly important. I did that right before I went to law school. Well, that was a decision why I didn't go to law school. As a matter of fact, graduated uh, you know, finished up with the Navy, and uh, I interviewed a first year, a third year, and a professor, and decided that, geez, if I went into corporate law, I'd be sitting in a library for five years making forty grand a yeah. year, and I was not interested in that. And yeah. uh, and I think, you know, I could have just jumped right into law school and then been miserable. Uh, but I think uh, you're, you're spot on with make sure that you're using LinkedIn to identify people that are doing the same thing getting the research, you know, digging in, asking advice. I think that's powerful. What What are some things people shouldn't be doing with their LinkedIn profile? Um, honestly, the, the, one of the big miscues with our, our community is, uh, is photos. Um, they either leave out their military uh, uniform on their photo, which doesn't convey to the viewer, hey, I'm a, I'm a potentially civilian professional, right? Um, that sort of, like, mentally just sort of, like, puts you outside of their set of people they're looking to have. Um, I would say, so one is don't wear a military uh, uniform, but two, calibrate what you do work to the industry you want to go into, right? If I, were, if I had a suit and tie on in my LinkedIn profile and I was applying for a job at a tech company, I'm just not going to look like a cultural fit. Vice versa, if I want to apply for a job in banking or consulting or, you know, in government or anything else, if I dress like I dress for work every day, I look like I was, you know, a slacker, right? So, yeah. Like understanding the culture of the industry you want to go into and making sure you're crafting your profile the right way. Um, headlines. People, I see so many times people write, you know, transitioning service member, transitioning veteran, and that's it, a headline. Think about your headline as, as though it were the subject line of an email. I need to know what I'm going to, what I'm going to find if I click on that profile. I need to know what I'm going to see if I read that, you know. I, I'm, I'm only going to click on that if I'm a recruiter. If that entices me by saying, I'm a transitioning Army finance professional, right? Okay, now I want one, my company wants to hire veterans, two, work for finance people, done. I've got two data points I can act on. But if you just say transitioning veteran, it's like so big, they can't do anything with that, right? That's good. Um, and the third is your summary. You know, people overlook the value of that summary section of their profile. What you wrote off at the beginning of this was the summary from now that I'm You learned about who I am as a person because you wrote my summary, right? Yep, that's, that's right. the way that your summary should be. Uh, it, it should be a personal introduction to who you are, what you care about, and what you're pursuing. And it should explicitly state, if you're a job seeker, the types of jobs that you're looking for. So, again, if a recruiter reads that and nothing else on your profile, they know what to look for. Uh, and then finally, skills. If you, you're, you know, we cap you at 50 skills on your profile. That's 50 different ways by which a recruiter is searching for their next best job candidate. 
search value or 50 ways that you could, you know, leave yourself out of that search value and then your full skill set. So making sure that you, especially for us, our skill not always, as, as multiple sales members, are always obvious. They're not always going to leap off the page to a recruiter to say, oh, actually, well, I do need somebody who can do crisis management. I do need somebody who can do strategic planning. And I wouldn't have thought of this army helicopter mechanic as somebody who could do that. So, um, and so that is a really critical part for our people because our skills aren't obvious. Well, guess what? You've got 50 opportunities to actually just explicitly label them on your profile to make them obvious for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, not taking advantage of LinkedIn Premium. So we give every veteran and transitioning service member and now military staff as well a year of LinkedIn Premium for free during their transition. And for spouses, it's every PCS and again upon ATS. And the value of that is when you look at a job description on LinkedIn, we'll actually show you how your skill set compares to the other people that are applying for that job. So you can narrow your opportunities up immediately by saying, I'm not bad for this job. I shouldn't have for this. Yeah. Or, hey, other the people that are applying for this job have these skills. I also have those skills, but they're not yet on my profile. I need to go back and add those. Or, I don't have those skills. I need to go over to LinkedIn Learning because I get free access for a year to 12,000 online courses, LinkedIn Learning. Whatever the skill gap is that we're telling you on your profile, go to LinkedIn Learning and go back up. Go, go learn that skill, right? Um, and, and people, I think, often don't, one, take advantage of that. You know, 220,000 people a year get out of the military. We upgraded 70,000 people last year. So that's how we were not hitting everybody, right? Yep, yep. Uh, don't leave that value on the table, right? Take advantage of it, but really take advantage of the deep insights that can that the premium offers, as well as the opportunity to, to fill your, your skills gap. Well, and I think you just gave us a good wrap-up, too, Dan, on that. Is, you know, that advice is being sure that you use LinkedIn, all features of LinkedIn, to your advantage. You know, whether it's, you know, the, the premium account, you know, identifying the, the different fields, making sure that your, you know, your summary is really your trailer, Right, it's really the trailer of your personality. What can I learn yeah. from you in thirty seconds? Here's here's the movie trailer of, of Dan Savage or Mike Schindler. Um, I think that's so powerful, Dan. I, I just got to say, thank you for investing the time here, um, and sharing this because I think this news is going to help a lot of folks that are transitioning out. Uh, it, so I, I just want to say thanks for being a guest today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. The, the last thing I'll say that I missed is that everything I just talked about is available at LinkedIn.com/slash/military. And so if you scroll down on that page, you'll see all those resources I just described, but also a blog post called How Veterans Can Make the Most of LinkedIn. Uh, there's a webinar in there. There's a link to a webinar that I did about you on that. Uh, so you can watch me do my PowerPoint deck. Uh, there's a whole bunch of links to LinkedIn learning courses you should take and link, you know, blog posts from the LinkedIn blog that I recommend. Um, so the one takeaway, if anyone listens to this and forgets everything else I said, uh, is that URL LinkedIn.com slash military because everything that I everything that we create as a company for veterans ends up at that URL. So uh, thanks again for the opportunity. I really have enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely, Dan. Thanks for being a part of the show. We appreciate it. Thank you.